Hello and welcome back to the Talking Dogs podcast. I'm Graham Hall and it's been well over a decade now since I first started helping humans train their charming but often cheeky dogs. I'm known as the Dog Father and you might recognise my voice from TV's Dogs Behaving Very Badly. This podcast is the place where I can give you even more experience, advice and opinions in the hope that if you are reaching the end of your tether, you'll leave with a couple of new training tips that you hadn't thought of before. And if you're lucky, well, we might even have a laugh or two while you're taking some notes. One question I get asked a lot is how to tell when your dog's really trying to tell you something or when he's just attention seeking. Now that comes up particularly with regards to barking. So today I'm going to look at when it's right to give your dog attention, either praising him or indeed telling him off, or when you're actually just better off ignoring him. So how do you know when a behaviour is attention seeking? I think there's no simple answer to that, but the thing to do is watch the dog's behavior really carefully when they're at it a bit like humans there are often telltale signs so let me let me tell you a story to illustrate that years ago i used to have two rotties um axel and gordon and uh, i lost them to old age two three years ago but axel when he was young was quite the character and he had a great big deep sonorous bark which he would use at the bay window in the house I lived in, seemingly to get rid of anybody who was walking past. And it's a common problem. So I thought, well, he's barking to make people go away. Now, I didn't know as much then as I do now. And I was inadvertently rewarding him because I'd read somewhere, perhaps you have too, that when a dog's doing that, they're a guarding breed, he's doing his job. So you go up, you sort of like pat him on the head, go, yeah, yeah, okay, that's enough now, I'll take over from here. So I was doing that thing. But actually, what I've learned since is it's a bit confusing because you're actually rewarding him for barking and then you tell him not to bark. So that's that doesn't make sense to a dog. But that's by the by. So I'm going up, going, yeah, yeah, stroking him on the head. He's getting attention, right? So there's the first clue. And then one day, it was a Saturday morning. I remember it really well. I'm sat watching the telly. It was my day off and he ran at the bay window and he barked. And I thought for the first time, I wonder what happens if I don't actually get up and go there. Right. So he hadn't been getting attention from me because I was watching the telly. I was watching something I, I was really interested in. He barked at the window and he barked and he barked. Right. And I just resolutely ignored him. And then he stopped barking for a second and he looked around <laughs> as if to say, uh, are you not going to come over? And then he saw me looking at him and he row, 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 row. And I looked out the window and I thought, I'm sure there's nobody there. There wasn't. There was no one there. So Axel had learned that if he ran at the bay window and barked for all his life like he was trying to get rid of somebody, normally I would get up, give him a little tickle on the head, and he'd got me. He'd got me away from the telly, he'd got the attention he was craving, and he'd worked out how to do it. So all I had to do was ignore it and just wait for him to discover that actually it was broken, that didn't work anymore. The other clue that this was attention seeking in my case was that the neighbors said he was perfectly quiet when I wasn't there. He never ever heard, never ever heard him bark when there was nobody at home. So if he really was trying to get rid of people at the bay window, he, he certainly could. He was in that room. He had access to it. No, no, he only did it when he was trying to get me. So I, I set up on um, ignoring him and uh, and it, it faded away and that was that was fine. But it did come back to bite me in the bum because one night at two o'clock in the morning, Axel started barking like there was somebody outside. And half of us were like, Axel, oi, no, pack it in, you know. 
five minutes later, barking again, Axel, no, you know. I'm half asleep at two in the morning. I'm thinking, I don't know why he's barking out, but he can shut up. Um, I should have thought, this is odd. He never barks in the middle of the night. Sure enough, I got up in the morning and my car was the first Audi I'd, I'd, I'd ever had back in the day. Leather interior. The entire interior of the car had been stolen by somebody who was very clever uh, and very skillful, I suppose, overnight. Axel knew it. I didn't. The other thing to look out with uh, attention-seeking cases is can you work out whether they're looking at you out the corner of their eye while they're at it? And dogs' vision, by the way, is, is very wide. So we can see almost sideways when we look dead ahead. Dogs can actually see behind them quite a long way. So they may be keeping an eye on you. When I think it might be attention-seeking, the question I ask people a lot is like, well, what do you what do you do when he does this thing? And often we're giving them attention and we don't realise they are. So it could be, no, come on, I don't do that. No, no. you know, come on, good boy, come on, good boy, please, come on, be good. All of those things are just going to give them exactly what they want, attention. So all attention is good attention when you've got that kind of problem. So what were you doing just before the behaviour started? Have you been watching telly for a while? Have you been reading a book? Have you been cooking? And it was a case of the dog wasn't getting attention, you know. Of course you're allowed to <laughs> do all of those things. But it's often a clue that, uh, yeah, this only happens when I've been doing this thing for five or ten minutes. So the answer to uh, attention-seeking behaviour is often to ignore it. Now, there's times when you can't ignore things, but let's just talk about ignoring for a minute. What do I mean by that? Well, essentially, nothing. No attention. No reward. No talking. No eye contact, definitely no stroking and that kind of thing. Nothing. Act as though they've fallen off the radar. They've ceased to exist <laughs> while they're doing that thing. You carry on doing the thing. Often people have been told that in order to ignore a dog, they've got to fold their arms and perhaps turn around. It's not actually ignoring a dog. It's reacting to something a dog's doing by taking some action. And dogs aren't stupid. So a dog will see a person do that and go, okay, well, it's... Um, it's not what I had in mind, but it's a bit of a funny dance. Okay, I'll come over and dance with you. So it often just encourages them. So just try and be normal. Just carry on doing whatever you're doing. They've ceased to exist until they stop it. And then when they stop it, of course, you can turn around and go, oh, good boy. And then he starts to make the connection. Okay, right. Weirdly, I get attention for doing nothing. <laughs> Being calm, that gets me attention. I'll do that then. They're very pragmatic dogs. So a good example of sort of proper ignoring things might be kind of barking at night. Um, so let's say we you know, put the dog down. You know they're fine. Uh, they were fed earlier. They've been out to the toilet. All is well, right? Uh, and then at two o'clock, it's just woof, woof, you know, wake up, come to me, come to me. Um, if you go to them, even if you go to them and tell them off, you'll just be giving them attention. All attention is attention. And you'll be making the problem worse because the dog just starts to learn that actually, yeah, now if I do wake up in the middle of the night, I just have to cry and they will come to me uh, and I'll get what I want. And you'll be soothing them in the middle of the night forever. In order to understand attention-seeking and how to get rid of it. Let's talk about the science behind it. So uh, we're talking about something called behaviour extinction. In other words, the behaviour extinguishes itself over time. The best way to think of it is that thing that we do as humans where we maybe say to a friend, you know, I'm knocking my head against the brick wall here. In other words, I'm doing something that's futile and I'm not getting anything out of it. 
Okay. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. We're supposedly intelligent animals, but we'll say to our friend down the coffee shop, knocking me out against the brick wall, I bet you at that point, you're still doing the futile thing. You haven't yet given up because we don't. We carry on trying and so do dogs. So there's a clue here. If you're going to do the ignoring thing, behavior extinction, then you're in it for the long haul. It takes a long time before the dog or you get to that stage where you go, do you know what? I give up. I give up. <laughs> that's what you're after. The difference is with the dog. When the dog goes, ah, I give up, that's when you go, oh, I like that. Yeah, then you can reward that behavior with some attention because that's the thing they want the most in the life. When I say that we're in this for the long haul, what I mean by that is, is weeks, typically. I can often get people on the right track within a day, and you've perhaps even seen that on the TV show, but they then have to keep it up. It takes a long time before the dog goes, yeah, no, all right, fine, I've seen the light. During which time, you need to ignore it absolutely. It's no good ignoring it some of the time, and then every now and again, um, just caving in. So, and that typically looks like somebody going, oh, for goodness sake, oi, pack it in. And the dog goes, ah, brilliant. So, and then you're right back to square one. So it'll never work. So it's often the case that you start to ignore it and the behavior gets worse rather than better. So as though the dog's going, no, no, it's not working. I'll try a bit harder. Yeah, they'll cave in. What they don't know is that you're on a new plan because you've listened to this podcast. <laughs> now, there's a, there's a phrase for that. It's called an extinction burst. So just as you start to ignore it, the dog says, no, I'm going to give this a burst of energy. I'm going to try harder, harder than ever before. Now, often people cave at that point because it, it's a case of... Oh, I, you know, I was told to ignore it and it's making it worse, not better. If you ride the storm, it will come back down again. That's why it's called an extinction burst. The, the behavior then does start to extinguish itself. If you ignore it absolutely and keep doing that, the behavior will fade away. And that's the clue. It won't go away overnight. And it'll only work if it was attention seeking in the first place. So even if a problem is attention-seeking, there is a question to ask yourself, which is, can I really ignore this? And th there's a couple of ways in which that might be a no. The obvious one is this is such a bad behaviour that actually ignoring it is just not possible. But the other thing is, is actually, I don't think I can keep it up. Be honest with yourself. If you're not famous for your patience, then ignoring behaviour and waiting for days and weeks is, is probably not for you, you know. So let's say you're on a work call or on a Zoom call or something like that. And it just happens that your dog's got this attention-seeking sort of barking when, when you put your head in that screen, you know. They're not daft. You know, they'll, they'll see you start that call and go, oh, here we go. He's going to be on that for half an hour now. I've got no chance. Now, some dogs will just go, oh, well, I'll just, I'll just settle down. But a dog who really thinks they can get the better of you will go, uh, no, me, hello, me, never mind them. Never mind the little squares of people on that screen. Me, me, hello. What you end up doing is, if you're not careful, giving him a treat to keep him quiet or giving him a little crafty stroke under the, under the desk to placate him. But you're ending up rewarding the behaviour and you'll be doing it more and more and more in the future because any behaviour that's rewarded will increase interesting so in a case like that perhaps it may just be okay i'm going to put my dog out of the room maybe there's a it sounds like a cheat but if it's not possible for you to be be ignoring the dog or indeed telling them off because the boss is on that zoom call and some clients then yeah maybe there's a there's another answer but more pressingly let's talk about somebody who's perhaps had a letter from the council about noise complaints from the neighbors 
It's something I deal with quite a lot. Now, this is a real dilemma for them because they either get rid of the dog or perhaps, um, you know, lose the house. They might be in rented housing association or, or even if you own the house, the, the councillor are in touch. I mean, what are you going to do? There are big fines for this kind of thing. And, you know, you're a decent person. You don't want to upset the neighbours. So it's quite pressing and ignoring that kind of behaviour isn't always easy, particularly now that you know that a dog could get worse before they get better. But one thing you can do is have a knock on the neighbours' doors. I mean, it may well be um, that you're able to have a chat with them. I've always found that most people, if you explain things to them, will will at least to your face will will want to help out. So you say, look, I, I've 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 got a new plan with the, the dog. I, I don't want this dog to be to be barking. I know it upsets people. I'm going to ignore it, and you know, I've taken some advice on this. But it might get a bit worse before it gets better. But in the long term, I'll have fixed this for for good. Is that okay with you? Uh, and, and then people quite often will will go, yeah, I, I know that, that, that's fine. Little tip, by the way, if you say to somebody, um, is that fair enough? Very hard to respond to somebody and say, no, that's not fair. So you're getting their buy-in, really. Uh, now, it may be that you, you you feel you can't talk to your neighbours for whatever reason. OK, fair enough. Perhaps ignoring it isn't for you. In which case, all you can do is is tell them off. So by definition, if it's attention-seeking, it happens when you're there. So there is something you can do about it. Now, I'm not going to go into this in great detail because we've talked about it a lot on the podcast, and you may have seen it on the TV show, but I'm always talking about tone of voice, body language, including facial expressions, and things like posture as well. So if you're standing in that imposing way with a facial expression that suggests, uh, no, I don't think so, and the tone of voice that also you know, isn't pleasant but isn't nasty and shouty, then that's the best you can do. If they then calm down, then you switch everything the other way. So the face turns from, I don't approve, to village idiot smile, really. Um, you relax the body, you go from imposing, looking like Superman, to like, oh, OK, that's nice, good, we're all friends. And, well, you can hear it in my tone of voice. You change that tone completely, you know, so it becomes, oh, good boy, that's nice. In other words, I like it when you're quiet. Keep it that way. Sometimes if you sit on a sofa... Uh, trying to tell a dog off and they're not listening just standing up will make all the difference it, it's just that change into a slightly more imposing look I, I always think that to a dog we're as big as that big tree over there or that lamppost you know so you can use that kind of imposing thing to your advantage when it suits you can do the opposite as well you can back down again and sit back down or cr crouch down with them when you want to be nice if the kind of attention seeking that you got is barking uh, at a window, like remember my dog Axel, blagging it, right? I'm barking at the window, there's somebody out here, you've got to come and love me, even though there wasn't. Then you could go there and block. So the problem I had, because I didn't know enough back then, was I was going up to him, patting him on the head and going, yeah, yeah all right, good luck, now pack it in. So actually, I should have just walked up there, blocked between him and the window, going, oi, no, and got him to back down, and then, yeah, go, come over here. Have a, have a little tickle. So being quiet uh, then gets the reward. If it's attention-seeking and you really are going to go down that route of taking issue with it every time that they, for example, bark, you've got to make sure that your reaction can't be construed as nice in any way, you know? So if it's, um, yeah, come on, come on, no, 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 don't do that. Oh, come on, be calm, be calm, be calm. Trying to calm a dog down when they're too barky, actually thinking about it, whether it's attention-seeking or not, is, is only going to make it worse. We try to calm dogs down 
sort of actively, so to speak. And you can't do that because all you're doing is rewarding that behaviour that they're still exhibiting with your nice touch uh, and, and all those things you're doing to calm them there, if that makes sense, yeah? So the message is I know you're craving attention, but you're not going to get attention through those means. If you're calm, though, I'll give you attention. Now, Kate's got in touch because she's concerned about little Freddy's barking. Hi, Graham. It's Kate. Um, I've got a question about my standard Labradoodle, Freddy. Just before um, we went into lockdown, Freddy started barking randomly at dogs and lunging towards them. And he looks quite ferocious and he doesn't do it to all dogs. He looks quite ferocious, but he's far from it, actually. Uh, He's a big softie. And when he's off his lead... He runs around with dogs and doesn't show any of these signs um, of aggression at all. Uh, It's quite upsetting, really, because he looks so confrontational, which he isn't. Thank you. Hello, Kate. Well, this is an interesting one, because it it could be that he's he's nervous or he's trying to get rid of him, I suppose, or he's just excited to, to go and play. But it's, you know, it's really hard to tell. Listening to it, it sounds more as though he's okay playing with them off lead, isn't he? Um, but there is a problem on lead. Now, the reason that could be nervous is that if you think about the nature of fight or flight, if he's off lead, he can flight. He can give himself a bit of distance. He can do things in his own pace and he can choose not to say hello to some dogs. If he's on lead, he feels restricted. And so he's going to rebel against that. Flight has gone out the window. He can't run away. He's stuck. He's attached to you. So he's only got one option, fight. He's just going to rebel against that lead. So could be he's nervous, could be it's the opposite. Uh, and it's really hard to tell without seeing it. However, here's the thing. It doesn't actually matter which it is because uh, what I'm about to tell you would be the same either way. It's a bit like if you go to the doctor and they say, look, I don't know whether the infection's here or there, but I'm going to give you this broad spectrum antibiotic and it, it'll work regardless. So let's assume he's friendly. Let's start with that, right? Um, when he gets freedom, he plays nicely, doesn't he? You've, you've told us that. Now, there's a clue. And he's young as well. There's another clue. So more than likely, I think it's just like, let me off, let me off, let me get over there. But unfortunately, he's beginning to look, well, not so friendly when he's on the lead. So let's think about tension on the lead. I think it may well be that you're holding a bit of tension on that lead. He pulls first, you pull back, he pulls, you pull, tug of war, right? So all he's going to do is, is his head's screaming, let me off, let me off, and he's pulling against that. But he needs to know that this isn't how you get attention from either you or from other dogs, right? Uh, he needs to be calm, which is probably going to go against his instinct, in order to do what he wants, get across there and play, right? To some extent, it's about telling him no, and then praising him calmly when he when he doesn't react. But we also need to take that tension out of your lead. If you're pulling back, he'll just pull against it. And the more he pulls, yeah, physically he's getting excited, but so he is in his head as well. So psychologically, he's just building himself up. So you're on a on a hiding to nothing, really, I think, there. So think about that tension. Because I can almost hear you saying, yeah, well, I've tried that, but it's impossible because there's too much tension on the lead. What do I do, Graham, right? Well, what you do is get further away. So if you can go to a place like a park, which is nice and open, perhaps you see some dogs in the distance, and we want to be working at a distance where he can see the dogs and he's like, oh, mm, I'd like to. But the reaction from him is not so strong that you, you can't get any sense out of him, basically. So use distance as a way of controlling excitement and then work at the level of excitement 
that means that he's beginning to do a mini version of his reaction, but you can control it. And then you're starting to train him that, yeah, look, you can control yourself. Oh, good boy, that's fine. We'll get a bit nearer, a bit nearer. Build it up from there. There's a phrase my mum used to tell me when I was growing up, which is good things come to those who wait, which was the last thing in the world I wanted to hear as an impatient teenager. But it's true. In Freddie's case, it's a bit more like good things, young man, come to those who are calm. Do join me same time, same place next week, and I'll be doing my best to tackle more issues around barking in particular. Meantime, if you'd like my help with a different dog behavioural issue, do send an email, or better still, a voice note to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed our training session today, I'd love it if you'd rate, review, or subscribe to the podcast. Take care of yourself and your dog, won't you? Bye for now. Bye for now.